Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to continue uh, our series of the excellence of love. The excellence of love in, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. The Bible says this. It says, three things will last forever. It says, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, Paul says, is love. Out of the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 is where we find this evening's uh, text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says this, it says, this letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church in Thessalonica. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and the Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, he says, you imitated both us and the Lord. Let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would have your way this evening, Lord, that it would be you speaking, Lord, through me, that I would just be a mouthpiece, Lord, for your church, for the edification, Lord God, and the, the building, Lord God, and the growing, Lord God, in faith, Lord, as we receive your word this evening, that we would apply your word into our very lives. And we will see the fruit. We will see the blessing that comes from it. Father, we thank you for this great privilege and honor to be in your presence and to be called children of the Most High. We pray this in Jesus' name. The church says, amen, amen and amen. I titled this message this evening, Be a Voice of hope. Be a voice of hope. We know that in the Bible defines hope as a confident expectation. A confident expectation. So when we say things like, put your hope in Christ, we can say this because we are confident that Christ will never let you down. Isn't that true? He'll never let you down. So we can say, put your hope in Jesus Christ. Because we have that confident expectation, as the Bible says. That's why for you and I, hope in Christ needs to be our anchor. It needs to be our foundation. It needs to be what grounds us. In this ever-changing world, we need to have our hope steadfast in Christ. See, the voice of Jesus 
is the voice of hope. So many people in this world that we live in live without hope. They can't see past their situations. They can't see things getting better in life. They can't see things improving in the world that we live in. They don't see a master plan. They're living without hope. And that's why as children of God, you and I need to be that beacon of hope in who Christ is and what he has done for you and I. How many of you have had Christ change your life? Christ changed your life, amen? It's a beautiful thing what God has done in your life. How can we, as a church, be that beacon? How can we be that light, that hope of who Christ is? How we act, how we speak, how we live. Why? Because people are watching you and I. They're watching what you do. They're watching what you say. They're watching how you act when certain things happen. They want to see what Christ looks like in the flesh. And I'm going to... That could, be a, that could be a very tall order there as far as us being a reflection of Christ. But with God's help, we can be that reflection. How many believe that to be true? God can help you and I to be a reflection of him. Even though we're not perfect, God still uses our lives. Thank you, Jesus. I was really encouraged this past week. We had our corporate men's meet. Uh, and we heard some amazing messages, such encouraging messages on how to be that godly husband, how to be that godly father, how to be that godly man that God has called us to be. And in that men's meet, we also heard some testimonies. We heard testimonies of what God has done in the lives of men. Men that didn't grow up in church. They didn't grow up knowing God. They didn't even have a, 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 a godly figure as a man to develop them uh, and to point them in the right direction. And these men gave testimony of what God has done in their lives through the men's meet uh, uh, that, that we have uh, the last two Fridays of each month here in this building, if you're a man, uh, be here the last two Fridays of each month. How God, is, how God is working in these men and teaching them how to be that godly man. How to stand for righteousness. How to keep pushing forward. Because how many know that there's an assault against men? There's an assault. That's why you see so many fatherless homes. Because there's a, an assault against men uh, living for God. And it was a blessing to hear these testimonies of these men and what they have learned throughout the years, what, they, what God has, has shown them and where God has brought them from and to where they are today, and how their perspective, how their, how their, their direction has changed the way, they lead, the way they are in their home, it has changed because of God. 
The way they speak, those words are now seasoned with God's love. And it was such a blessed thing. And I'm sure, you know, when it comes to public speaking, I'm sure, you know, many of us don't really like public speaking. But God sometimes has you do things that you may be afraid to do. Why? So that others can be encouraged through it. So that others can see, wow, look, I, I know so-and-so. I know, I, I know this person does not like to be in front of people speaking. But look how God uses them. Look how God uses the, the, where they have come from and what God has done in their lives to share his goodness. See, God often calls to do things that we're afraid of, but we need to understand that in that time, he always provides us with his power. Always provides us with his power. See, individual testimonies are the foundation and the strength of our church. Hearing what God has done has brought many to know Christ for themselves. And so I want to look at a a few things here this evening. Number one being the purpose of our testimony. The purpose of our testimony. Psalm chapter 96 and verse 3 says this. It says, publish his glorious deeds among the nations. It says, tell everyone about the amazing things he does. It says, publish his glorious deeds among the nations. What is he saying? Tell people about me. Tell people of what I have done in your life. I've done some amazing things for you. And others need to know what has taken place, where you came from, where you are today. See, everyone's story of coming to Christ is unique. How many can say amen? There may be similar stories of us coming to Christ, but not, not, two, not, not any two stories are the exact same. Every journey is different. Every story has its, has its different twist of how you came to know God. And that's what makes it so special. That's what makes it your testimony. Is that it's what you have gone through. It's where, it's where God has brought you from. So your testimony has great value. I want you to say that. My testimony has great value. Say that again. My testimony has great value. How has God changed your life? How we have come to be who we are today because of Christ. What we have overcome I want you to write this down. Three things, three things that encompass your testimony. I want you to write these three things down. Number one, write this down. What I was like before I met Christ. Write that down. What I was like before I met Christ. Next, write this one down. How I met 
and came to believe in Christ. How I met and came to believe in Christ. And lastly, write this one down. What Christ is doing in me now. See, this is key for your testimony. What God has brought you from. See, this is, the, this is the beginning of that journey. Many of us didn't realize that this was even part of our story. That this was, that all those, all those, those, those times in our life that we would like to forget about was actually part of our story. Is actually part of our testimony. And this is sometimes, this is sometimes what can, what can get youngsters, you know, teenagers, young adults. They may look at others they may, and they may think, I have to experience the world in order for me to have a testimony. But that is a lie from the enemy. Because I believe that your testimony is powerful. That you didn't experience all of the garbage of the world in order to feel like you had to build a testimony. I'm telling you right now, it's very easy to live according to the flesh. It doesn't take much effort. All of us can very easily live according to the flesh without even thinking about it. It's an easy thing to do. You react based upon how, how your flesh wants to react. You begin to, you begin to indulge in the, in, the flesh's, in the flesh's hunger for unrighteousness. But I'm telling you right now, to stand for righteousness is not an easy thing. The Bible says that the, that, that road is very narrow. And so for you teenagers, for you young adults, you keep living for God. You, you understand that the greatest testimony that you could have is that you didn't have to experience all of the garbage. That God spared you from all of that. And for all those who did experience those things, it doesn't make yours any less powerful because your testimony is still powerful. But I don't want our youngsters to get defeated and to, and to feel that, that they have to, that they have to uh, uh, fit in uh, in order to have a testimony. I want them to know that, that God has made them the way they are right now, perfect, never having to experience all the junk, never having to experience all of the hurt, and that's what we want as parents, don't we, for our kids? Yes? Isn't that what you want for your children? That's what I want for the next generation. What a beautiful story that is. We, the body of Christ, must testify of all the great things that God is doing. How many believe that God is doing great things still? Yes, he is. See, our testimony is a story of love. It is. Because if it wasn't for love, we would be dead. If it wasn't for love, we wouldn't have an opportunity to make things right with God. 
you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for God's love. See, our testimonies are continuously changing as you and I grow closer to Christ and experience life with him. Romans 12:1 says this. It says, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. What does that mean? That means surrender your life to God. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, are you surrendered to God? See, this is when God uses us. When we are surrendered to him, our lives become not our own. And we're able to live according to God's plan. Not our ways, but God's ways. When we surrender our lives to him. You see, our testimony is built upon the truth. You know, it reminds me of, of you know, taking an oath. You know, do you solemnly swear that the testimony you're about to give is the truth and nothing but the truth? I'm sure that probably scared some of you right now. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> what does this tell us? That we need to tell the truth. You and I need to tell the truth. Not what we think, but what we know to be the truth. To testify to others of what God has done in our lives. Why? Because that's the truth. The truth is, is that that working, that, that individual that you see in the mirror, that individual that others see, is because of God. That's the truth. It's the supernatural power of God. His restoration power working in your life that is what others see now. So your testimony has great impact. It was meant to be shared. In John chapter 9 and verse 1. John 9 verse 1, the Bible says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Jesus says in verse 3, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. He says, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Then Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seen. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Verse 10 says, They asked him, Who healed you? What happened? He told them, The man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Verse 16 says, Some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, 
for he is working on the Sabbath. God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Verse 25. Check out what this ex-blind man says. He says, I don't know whether he is a sinner, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. What was he saying? He says, look, look, guys, I don't want to get into all this legalistic mumbo-jumbo. Whatever you guys think he is, and if, if he's working on the Sabbath, I really don't care what you think. All I know is that I was blind, and he healed me. And something else that I know is that you couldn't heal me. You didn't have that power. Why didn't you heal me? You're over here calling him a sinner. You're over, you're over here uh, uh, not, not giving him the glory. But I experienced healing right now in my very life. So you can't tell me that this is not something supernatural. See, and this is what God does in our lives. It's called our testimony. It's something very personal to you and I that God has done for you and specifically you where you can look at that and say, oh no, uh, I don't care what so-and-so says. I don't care if they, if they want to give credit to this or to that. I know who did it. I know who did it in my life. I'm not going to give credit to medication. I'm not going to give credit to this over here or this over here. I'm going to give credit to where credit is due, and that's from God. And this is our testimony. Look at verse 3 again. This happened so the power of God can be seen in him. What was Jesus saying? He was saying that the purpose of this man's blindness, check this out, this is, this is deep. The purpose of his blindness and the purpose of his healing was to give him a testimony. Was well, so that this man would have a testimony. That he would testify of the supernatural power of God. It wasn't because of sin like you guys thought. It was because I wanted his life to be a reflection of my power. I want everyone to see that no one else could have healed this man but the supernatural power of God. See, the purpose of our testimony is to bring God glory. That's it right there. That's it. It's to give glory to God. It's nothing that we can take credit for. All the things that have, taken place, that, that have taken place in my life. You know, many things that we can, that we can say, well, you know, well, that, that, was just, that was just on account of good decisions. You know, you made, you made good decisions here and there, and so that's why those things happened. Now, I know where the credit is ultimately due. I know, I know who has given me the strength and has given me the, the privilege to be doing what I'm doing today. And that only comes from God. That only comes from him. And church, you and I are to never forget that. Don't ever forget 
where you have come from. Don't ever forget what God has done for you. See, our testimonies have great purpose. Also, there is power. The power of our testimony. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Saving everyone who believes. In John chapter 4, the Bible speaks of when the Samaritan woman encountered Christ. Remember, they were at the well, and Jesus began to explain to her that he can offer that water that never runs out. Remember that? The eternal well. In verse 39, the Bible says this. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She's, where she said this, he told me everything I ever did. Remember when Jesus told her to bring her husband? And then Jesus ended up telling her that, that you know, she's, she's been with five men and none of them are her husband? Can you imagine her face when, when Jesus exposed these things to her that no one else knew? And she knew, she even says, you, you, you know, you must be a prophet. In verse 39, it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, Jesus, because of the woman's testimony that he told me everything I ever did. So in verse 40, it says, So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. You see, this is the power of our testimony. Others can come to Christ. Others can receive salvation. Because of this woman's testimony, because of her encounter with Christ, others came to know Christ for themselves. It was, it, was no longer, it was no longer just based off of her testimony, but now because of her testimony, they now uh, begin to know Christ on a personal level. As it says in verse 42, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. See, our testimony will draw others to know Christ for themselves. That's awesome. That is awesome that your testimony can be used as a tool to bring others to Christ. To draw them. Wow, I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe what God did in their life. I need to know him for myself. Our testimony gives hope and builds faith. Psalm chapter 107, verse 2 says, All of you set free by God, tell the world. Tell how he freed you from oppression. It says, If you've been freed by Christ, if you've been, if you've been uh, 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 given, granted freedom from God, 
then tell someone about it. Share it. If you are thankful for what God has done for you, then let others know. You know, we can, we can, we have, we can share with others, you know, when we, when we get new toys, right? You know, maybe, maybe you get a new car or, you know, you, uh, 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 you know, got some, uh, you know, I don't know, a new, a new TV at home. You know, we have no problem showing others uh, that, that new product. Look at what I got. Look at what I purchased. But how many know that salvation is far greater than anything materialistic? <laughs> salvation that has been given to you from God is the greatest thing that has ever taken place in your life. And the writer says, if you've been set free by God, then you need to tell someone. You need to tell someone. If you've been free from, from oppression, from depression, from, from any of those other eschens, uh, uh, you need to tell someone. You need a share of what God has done in your life. I remember sharing, sharing my testimony with, uh, with, with one of my coworkers, and, you know, we had, you know, it, it got, like, really deep, like, in the conversation, right? You know, he's, he's real close to me. And so it got really deep, and it got into, like, sharing details of, like, when my wife and I, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're dating, you know, in church and, 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 and you, know, you know, what we did and all these kind of things. And, you know, when it came to, um, uh, you know, up to, up to marriage. And I even, I even shared with him how that we didn't have sex until we got married. And you should have seen his eyes. It was like if I told him I was an alien or something. He said, are you kidding me? He said, uh, I didn't know that still happens. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of laughed. I kind of laughed because, you know, because of his, of his reaction. But I thought, man, why, why no why? You know, because, because the world, you know, just wants you to, 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 to do whatever the flesh wants to do. But I thought, why isn't this the testimony of more people? Why isn't, why isn't this type of testimony told by more and more uh, believers in Christ? And I know, I know that, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want to, 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 to make anyone feel, feel sad if, 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 if that wasn't the case in your life. That's not what this is about at whatsoever But as I speak to maybe youngsters here in this place, save yourself for marriage. Save yourself for marriage. This is what he told me. This is what he told me. He said, wow, I didn't know that still happens. He said, you know what, though? That gives me hope for my kids. I said, that's right. That's right. Expect that for your kids. Help your kids to do that. Help your kids to follow Christ. Help your kids to set their mind and their eyes on Christ. That they don't have to, that they don't have to, to, to try this or that. That they're going to oh, wait for God's best in their life. 
Help your kids to do that. So many things that God wants to spare us from. So many things. So many things that the world needs to see in our lives what a blessed life looks like. Not perfect. It's not, it's not a perfect life. It's a blessed life. As you, as you seek to live righteously, as you seek to follow Christ, that others would look at you and say, man, I, I want what he wants. I want what, 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 what she has. I want that kind of, of life. I want that joy. I want that peace. Man, they're always smiling. They're always, you know, you know they, 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 always, they always see things positive. You know, I'm, I'm over here griping about this and this, and, and, you know, they're always there to encourage me. I want what they have. And I believe that this is what the world needs to see in you and I, the body of Christ, that we would be an encouragement through our testimony, that we would, that we would be able to point them to Christ. See, not only does sharing our testimony help us heal many times, but it can also be the catalyst for healing in others' lives. Why? Because our testimony gives hope. It gives hope to the hopeless. Man, this can be done. I can, I can do this with God's help. I can get through this. See, we need to speak it, which is very important, but we also need to keep it. Say that with me. Speak it. Keep it. You and I need to ask God to help us keep our testimonies. Ooh, this is, this is tough. This is tough, especially if you ever drive in L.A. traffic. This is tough. <laughs> Keeping our testimonies. And this is where we really, really need God's help. But we need to understand why are we to keep our testimony. Why is it so vital? Is it just for us? No, it's for the next generation. It's for the next generation to see. It's for the next generation to, to, to witness that you were holding the line. That you didn't drop that bar. That you stood your ground in righteousness. That not only did you speak it, but you lived it. And this is what the next generation needs to see. Because I'm telling, I'm telling you that the, our, our youngsters can read right through us. They see us when, when everyone else doesn't. My kids see me at home. You guys only see Pastor Dan. My kids see a whole different side. I'm never giving them a mic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking there. If God calls them to speak, then hey, let it out. <laughs> but they see us. They see who we truly are. And it's important for you and I to hold those godly standards in our lives. To hold on to those godly standards in our homes. 
It's a little easier to do here in church, I would say. But to hold godly standards when you're at your job, when you're at school, to stand for righteousness. See, I'm telling you, we need God's help, don't we? You and I need his help to do this. Romans 12, verse 11. I'm sorry, Revelation 12, verse 11. Says this. Says they triumphed over him, meaning the enemy. They triumphed over the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. This is how we triumph. This is how we overcome by the blood of the lamb that supernatural power that raised Christ from the dead right that's supernatural that raised Christ from the dead that is alive and operating in our lives but also the word of their testimony why why is that why is that so important because it screams of everything that God has done. When you are reminded of what God has done in your life, what does that do? It builds you up. It builds your faith. You begin to remind yourself, and it, and it encourages you to push forward. As I read earlier and had you write down, those three things of your testimony what I was like before I met Christ, how I met and came to believe in Christ, and then lastly, what Christ is doing in me now. You see, there needs to be that continuous work. We're not at that point of, of, of finished product. You are not a finished product. God is still working on you. God is still working on me. And you have to understand this, that what is God doing in your life right now? And this is part of your testimony. Yes, it's great. It's amazing what God did in your life 20 years ago. That's awesome. But what's he doing right now? See, I don't want us to live on, I don't want us to live in the past. God doesn't want us to live in the past either. He wants us to live right now. He wants us to live right now for the future. Not just for today, but for the future. That the decisions that we make are not just for today, but it's for the future. Because as, as children of God, we're looking ahead. We're not just looking at right now, we're looking ahead. We're looking at what is not seen. And, that, and, and that's how we take a stand for righteousness. Lord, I'm going to stand for you today. I'm going to stand for you right now because I know what is up ahead. I know what you have for me up ahead. That if I stand for you right now, Lord, you will stand for me. And what is God doing in your life right now is the question that you need to ask yourselves. Because God is still performing miracles, isn't he? Yes, he is. God is still transforming lives, isn't he? God is still saving the lost, isn't he? 
God is, God is still doing the wonderful work in this church, isn't he? God is still doing an awesome work in your home, isn't he? In your marriage, isn't he? He's working right now. He's helping you to build these things. And this is all part of our testimony. As the worship team comes forward this evening, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 says this, Be an example to all believers in what you say. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. This is what God is calling you and I to do, to be an example, to be a godly example. And in order for you and I to be a godly example, we're going to need God's help. We're going to need his help. He says, in the way you live, in the way, uh, uh, in your love for one another, in your faith, in the, in the words that you speak, and in your purity, that you will be a reflection of me, that, it would, that that would be your testimony. See, this is what God is calling us today to do, is to be that voice of hope. Be that voice of hope for those around you. Be that voice of hope for your loved ones, your unsafe family members. Be a voice of hope for your coworkers. Be a voice of hope. Be that difference. Let them see what God is doing in your life. That others, that because of your life that others would be drawn to Christ that they would be drawn to Christ I want to know I want to know who Christ is I like what I see I need Christ in my life and our testimony does this because of God Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Not only do we need to speak it, but we need to keep it. Ask God to help you keep your testimony. Lord, help me in those times, in those times when I can, when I can easily lose it. Lord, help me to keep it. Lord, give me the strength. Give me wisdom, Lord. Help me to choose my words carefully. Lord, help me to rid my mind of impure thoughts. Lord, cleanse my heart of any unrighteousness. Cleanse it, Lord. When's the last time you asked God to cleanse your heart? David cried out and said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Why? Because it's filthy. It's filthy. Just like us. Just like us. We don't want to say that our hearts need cleansing, but they do. They do. Allow God to cleanse your life. 
purity. God, help me to be pure. The things that I think would be pure. The things that I speak would be pure. Lord, help me to seek after you. Lord, I thank you for my testimony. I thank you for everything that you have done in my life. Lord, and I thank you for what you are doing right now. For you are doing a wonderful work right now in my life. And it is only because of you, Lord, help me to share it. Help me to share it. Just as those men at that men's meet share their testimony, God is calling you to share your testimony with someone. Share it with someone. Share it. Let people know what God has done in your life. What God has brought you from. You have no idea what that person may be going through at that point in time in their life. And they need to hear it. They need to hear it at that very time. Allow God to use your testimony to encourage, to build up, and to draw others to him. Amen. As we give God praise this evening. Let's give God praise.